Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show where we talk a lot about sports, a little about real estate, and whatever else is on our minds. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. I'm the, I'm the main host, joined by Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and Shea Brewer out in Portland, Oregon. We're missing Bill Risser because tonight is Oscars night, and Bill is a movie of file. What's the word? A theater nerd? What's the, what's the right word for that? Um... Help Broadway, Broadway yeah. geek, yeah. I don't know. yeah. But he's he 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 has a tradition where he watches the Oscars. He brings family in. They do pools and they do big spreads. And so we're recording without him. But guys, we got a lot to talk about. So let's jump right into it. First of all, how was your week, Todd? What's going on? Back in the saddle after a week week at sea. How are you? Yeah, back back in the saddle. Um, also, uh, by the way, shout out to Cindy Risser, a birthday tomorrow. Um, another reason we couldn't postpone the show. So we'll catch up with Bill next week. Um. Back at it, man. Uh, closed, closed a big job on Wednesday. So uh, just when I was getting my land legs, um, had something that I've been working on a long time fall into my lap. Um, you, you know, uh, Sean and Shay, you're the same way. Things, quote, unquote, fall in your lap, but it's not from uh, months, weeks, sometimes a year of effort. It's just when it's going to close. So very fortunate to uh, get a nice little job and um, looking for, had a great weekend of sports. Looking forward to next week. I was going to say, you had a little comeback uh, on the on the Meininger front, huh? The, the team led by Scotty came back from a 3-0 oh, yeah, deficit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, all right. So, so cut me off here if, if, I, if I go on too long. <laughs> so, we, we booked this cruise like a year ago, right? And Scott was a freshman going to his sophomore year. I had no idea he'd make varsity lacrosse, right? So, luckily, I caught his first game, but I missed a handful of games last week because I was on the cruise. So thankfully, um, Thursday was supposed to be a game against Roswell, really good team, but it was rained out. They have a grass field. It was too muddy. It's been raining for like 12 days straight. So luckily, Saturday saw um, Scott's team, Southfoot's Forsyth play Cambridge. Um, they let up three quick goals. We're down love, uh, 0-3 early, ended up coming back and winning 8-7. So great game uh, in the rain and cold, but uh, wouldn't have missed it for the world. Thanks for asking about it, Sean. No problem. Yeah. And Shay, what's good going stuff. on with you, man? Good, good weekend out in, in – in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, it's weird, Sean. I'll tell you, I woke up this morning to about uh, about two inches of snow on the ground. Wow. It's like, man, it's almost March and we're still getting snow. So uh, definitely MBU, Todd, and you, Bill, down in the south. Uh, you guys don't have to deal with this for months on end, seems like. But uh, things are well. Teams on the road. All-Star Breakers last weekend and uh, – Action cranked back up on Thursday, and the team's on a seven-game road trip. It's the second longest road trip uh, in 10 years for the Blazers. So. Wow. Now, is, that just, before, is that just because the schedule kind of laid out that way, or is there something going on at the Moda Center, like a circus or uh, the <laughs> truck no, monster there, truck pull, perhaps? No, there's no, uh, there's no rodeo road trip uh, for, the, for the Blazers. It's just the NBA just finally decided to give us a break. Um, I think we talked about a little bit as far as NBA wise, the Blazers travel twice as much as any other team in the NBA as far as miles, just because of their location 
and uh, mm. the way the schedule lines up. So um, it was home heavy in January and November. And so they're going to give us a little bit of break in February and March. And uh, then we'll finish out strong in April. We'll get ready for the playoffs. Good. Hopefully. Hey, Sean, before you jump out, Shay's mentioning snow. Um, shout out to our boy Bill is not here. Not only did Vegas have snow this week, but Phoenix had snow this week. Yes. We, I'd love for Bill to be on there. Did he ever see snow in, in, in Phoenix? I, I doubt he did. So. Yeah, that, that was crazy seeing it in Vegas, watching the, all the people out on the strip taking pictures and, and stuff like that. And uh, it, it was crazy. Today we had a, a high wind advisory, uh, pretty much sustained 20 to 30 mile hour winds all day. My front yard is just a stick haven. I mean, it's, you know, it's just sticks and branches down um, all over the place. And so – uh, oh, but no, but no, wind, no, uh, no snow and no rain. So I'll take it. Um, but guys, let's jump into it. Todd, it w- quite a day in the EPL. I, I think really over the weekend, you chimed in a couple times trying to get us to to tune in. I know Shay was sleeping in. Uh, I had other things going on, but but the EPL uh, had a, I believe it's the it, there was a, a cup of some sort that was rewarded this weekend, right? So, yeah, by the way, you can tell I'm in sales, right, Sean? I'm not afraid to sell something. I, was, I, think, I, compared, I think I compared Manchester United Liverpool today to uh, the equivalent North Carolina UNC, yes. <laughs> Which, you know what? I'm going to stick by that, um, stick by that argument. Big, big week in the EPL, Sean. So, yesterday, it started yesterday, uh, Tottenham, the Hotspurs, had an opportunity if they won and Liverpool lost or had a draw – they actually, um, I believe, don't quote me on this, but they could control their own destiny to be um, uh, in, in, the, in the league championship race, right? So they ended up falling to Burnley, uh, two to one on the road, give up a late goal, uh, dev- devastating for Tottenham. Um, fast forward today, Liverpool versus Man United. Again, what a, uh, just a great match. Uh, Manchester United haven't lost since they've um, gotten their new skipper. Um, an old Arsenal gunner. His, his name escapes me. Um, I think it's a, a Dutch name. But anyway, they, they, they've been undefeated. They uneventfully had a 0-0 draw. So with that said, Liverpool now, um, after 27 games, I believe, um, they're one point uh, atop the table. Um, they have 65 points. I'm sorry, 66. Manchester City has 65. Tottenham has 60. So um, – Anyway, that's the exciting part. And they also had the League Cup final today. And it was, um, it was uh, uh, Chelsea versus, gosh, was it Tottenham? I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, um, there was big, big problems with uh, the Chelsea manager. He tried to sub out the goalie, and the goalie refused to come out right. in extra time. So, uh, and basically he walked off the field and came back and the announcers were saying, Hey, is he leaving for good or just leaving this game? So big trouble in Chelsea. Todd, the, the, the goalie that refused to come out, um, he gave up the, or didn't stop the game winning kick, right? Yeah. Manchester city ended up winning four, three in, in PKs. So they are the, um, I think they call it the Caraba cup if I, if I'm not mistaken, but they're, they're the, the, the league champions. So there's three trophies you play with you play for you pay for the 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 regular season title the the caraba cup which is the league championship and the fa cup so one has been decided manchester uh, manchester city is taking home some hardware uh today with that but yeah big big trouble in chelsea if the players are are um upstaging the coach usurping his authority um that's that's not going to bode well i don't whether it's his fault or not i don't think the skipper is gonna gonna be around much longer 
um, he may leave or they may let him go. I wouldn't be surprised if he left if, if the players are, are revolting like that, right? Right. So let's, um, let's stay out of the country and let's talk about golf. Um, down in Mexico, our first yes. world golf championship of the season, uh, DJ Dustin Johnson wins his 20th tour event. He came on the tour in 2008. Um, he wins his 20th tour event, not as fast as Tiger or Sam Snead, um, but uh, 20 wins that gets him a lifetime exemption on the PGA Tour. Uh, Todd, we were talking off air. Uh, not that DJ was was struggling to get into any tournaments, but that's just a nice little um, mark to get to, obviously, for Hall of Fame potential and things like that. He wins by five strokes um, over a, really the best field in any tournament so far this year until probably the Masters, or well, until the Players' Championship in a couple weeks. Um, but he, he beats Rory, uh, by five strokes with Rory stumbles with a, a bogey on 18. Um, Justin Thomas comes back and, and ties his course record with a 62, but just struggled mm. in rounds two and three. Um, mm. he Poulter, Paul Casey and, uh, Abby Barnrat finish, finished tied for third. Um, and Tiger with a 10th, 10th place finish. His putting was just horrendous, just horrendous. Team. Yeah. I, I watched a lot of that, um, for sure. Um, we picked DJ this week in, our, in my little golf pool I'm in. So I was uh, a, a, a very interested spectator. Um, he started out rough today. Um, he had not bogeyed. So let me go back to yesterday. Yesterday on about 13 or 14, they tried to curse some of the announcers. He had not bogeyed a single hole all tournament. The next closest, every other golfer had at least bogeyed four holes or more. So that's how line, that's how zeroed in DJ was. He ended up do- double bogeying, I think, 17 yesterday. And we joked, hey, he's still in bogey, right? And it's a double bogey. So he ends up, he, he had a rough start. He ended up bogeying two. Um, I think Rory closed it to two strokes. And then DJ just went to DJ mode. And he, the, the guy's a robot. Not, nothing phases him at all. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. You can't tell if he, you know, had a triple bogey or, or a, a, an eagle. I mean, he's just that guy. So before his 35th birthday, he has 20 wins, which is, is pretty impressive. Um, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon at all. Yeah, and you know what makes him so so impressive? Not isn't just his length, because all those guys have length. I mean, Rory was regularly out driving him today when they both pulled yep. driver out. But his, his wedge game is just unbelievable, and his putting is really underrated. Um, he, he has a very short, compact backswing um or backstroke and but his wedge game is just incredible so you know he, and and with his length when you're hitting wedge from like 170 and in um <laughs> it's just such an advantage that's uh, my three iron by the way yeah and if, if tiger doesn't figure out his, his putting he's he's going to be in trouble but he's taking a week off he's not going to play uh, the honda which is right near his his home in jupiter um he'll be back Surprising. i believe for the for the arnold palmer uh or the players. I'm not sure which one he's back for next. I think two weeks is players. But um, the amazing thing about DJ also, and again, I watched a lot. Um, when your guy's doing well and, and, you, and you pick him in, in, in your pool, you tend to pay more attention. He killed the par fours this week. I mean, he was like, I want to say like 10 under on the par fours and, and played the par fives just averages grits, right? And usually that's where people make their make hay. But I think, don't quote me, but I think he was like 9, 10 under just on the par fours. It was yeah. unbelievable. Pretty strong. Uh, yeah. 12, he's, he's won at least one in 12 straight seasons. That's pretty good. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go to $1.8 million payday. Yeah, not a bad little payday. The WGCs pay well. And that's his uh, – he's won six world golf titles. Uh, he's, won, he's the only player to win all of them. 
Um, and that's the Tigers won the most, right? I think Tigers got like 12 or something. Yeah. 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 But um, Tiger and won all of them. I'm not sure which one Tiger's missing. Um, but let's quickly jump into the MLB. Um, one big signing last week, and we're waiting on one. Shay, you kind of teased as we were coming on the air uh, that we might hear news on Bryce Harper to Philadelphia. You, you think they might mention something on, th- on Tuesday? Is that what you, you've heard some rumors? On Tuesday, uh, everything I'm reading, uh, Philly's owner actually went out to Vegas uh, this weekend, and he's finalizing a deal right now with, with Harper's people to bring him to Philadelphia on Monday or either Tuesday of this week. Okay, and my guess is it'll, it'll come in a little bit above, maybe a dollar more, or somehow uh, above the Manny Machado $300 million contract to the San Diego Padres, largest contract in Major League Baseball as of right now. Um, but pretty impressive signing. Uh, the Padres are, are looking to try and get something going out there in Southern California. What do you think of that, Todd? Uh, I think, Bill, or you teased it in the last couple of weeks. I mean, of all the major markets for him to go, San Diego is low on my radar, um, right? I mean, but good, shoot, good for them. And then I was hearing rumors that they're trying to sign Harper. And do they have that much salary cap? Or would it be – him, Machado, and a bunch of minimum, you know, I, I don't know. If they could get Harper and Machado, what an outfield that would be, eh? I mean, good grief. There, there is no salary cap in baseball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Touche, right? Yeah. Well, they so were if you're an owner with deep pockets, you're good, right? There was something I was reading on – it went across on Twitter or something like that, and I, I, I didn't know who the person was that tweeted it out, but they were talking about that if Trout – they were talking about Trout getting traded to Philadelphia – Phillies, and it would be Trout, Harper, and Reese Hoskins, uh, two, three, four in the lineup. Um, that would be a pretty impressive. Um, That's bad news for my Braves, right there. <laughs> yeah, the Braves, <laughs> Braves got Josh Donaldson this year, but they, that may not be enough. Oof, they yeah. might need to get that. Um, I'm going to add a little audible. I, I want to cover this. Uh, it, it's it's way off season, um, but if we're going to talk about the NFL, what would be the one subject we might bring up? Um, you want to massage it for a little bit and see if you think of it. The, the Raiders are staying in Oakland, right? Uh, oh, 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 never mind. Can, I, can I preface? Yes. Can I preface? Poor Robert Kraft. I'm just going to say that. Shay, help me out. I've never, I've, never had, I've never had billions of dollars in my bank account. Never. I have what I have on bank account, but I mean – Pardon me. I can't well, help you with that, Todd. I'm no, sorry. but I'm saying, how does this <laughs> how does this happen to 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 Robert Kraft? How does it happen? Forget what he did. I mean, and you guys are letting me flounder a little bit here. Don't you have handlers that can that can, that can help you out? Like literally meet, handlers, yes. Like meet in meet in the penthouse of the Marriott uh, Marquis in Boston. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Richard, I don't give myself a trouble. Richard Gere was a very rich man, and he kind of found a way to, 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 to make it work, right? <laughs> I, go ahead. Someone help me out, and I'll chime in. I just, I don't, I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Go ahead. I don't call it once, by the way. Don't <laughs> All right, I'll go. How does Robert Kraft get himself <laughs> in that situation? How does he get himself in that situation? Yeah, it's. it's I mean, a, he's a human um, being. I, I'm fine with everything. He's a human being. He's seventy-something-year-old. Part of me is like, well, hey, he's, you know, he's, he's got wants, desires, but how does he get himself in that situation? Apparently there's videotape, right? I've heard there's video. Yeah. So there's no denying. Not trying to watch that. 
No, but <laughs> it's pretty damning evidence, right? It's pretty uh, damning evidence. I would, I would guess, yeah. And the rumor is it's not the most popular name on the list. Right. There are, well, the rumor was there's other big names on the list. I don't know if they're going after sports. He's fans. not the biggest I, name. He's I, not thought the, it was, I thought it was funny. The, um, the president of Barstool Sports uh, not only made a, a video that kind of went viral um, defending him and saying, look, it's just, you know, this is something that, you know, in his words, 75% of men have done, um, it, you know, he was on uh, Tucker Carlson uh, kind of defending it, saying this is a, this is a left-wing liberal conspiracy and, and it, it, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was just funny. I just bring it up almost just for the awkwardness of this conversation uh, among three guys around the country. Um, so what, what am I doing? What, what, go ahead. Go what, ahead. What, what strikes me, it's not just soliciting prostitution. They're actually charging him with contributing to human it's trafficking. Him. It's a yeah. ring that they're busting. <laughs> He's getting swept up in that, which I think his only intent was soliciting prostitution. I, I, I don't think he was part had anything to do with any greater scheme. But yeah, that's I, why they go after these guys, right? That's why. It's because of the, the bigger issue of human traffic. So, which is a serious issue we should make fun of. But I think he was caught. He was caught yeah. in the dragnet. He was caught in the dragnet, right? Yeah, I think so. All right, we'll table that. We'll let Bill, we'll let Bill f- pick up on that next week. The, the funny thing is, one of my, it's very truthful, but one of, my, one of my big jokes is, is I would be, I've never done it in the one-week moment, I would be the guy that gets caught, right? The one guy out of a million. And then you read, and then you read Robert Kraft. I'm just like, how does this happen? How? How does this happen? Yeah. So anyway. Todd, 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 as a Falcons fan, you should know, to never even think of soliciting prostitution in South Florida. Eugene the Robinson, only other, right? yeah. yeah, the only other Super Bowl the Falcons are in, they lose a starting safety oh. for soliciting prostitution the night before the game. I was in South Florida too, right? <laughs> that's, that's a whole different. That's a whole Miami. Different, yeah, yeah, that's a whole different story. He he was with his family at the team hotel. Left, <laughs> <laughs> honey. I came home at four. Oh, here's why. Sorry, I, I was yeah. detained. And by the way, I won't be in the game today. Yes. And by the way, Robert Kraft, this has nothing to do with it, but Robert Kraft is a 39-year-old girlfriend. And Google her, absolutely gorgeous, right? And it's like the 73-year-old guy is just, he's got a lot going on, as, as you can tell. Um, it's, I guess. It's crazy. Crazy story. I guess. Let's, uh, let's ice that conversation. Let's go to the ice. Hockey is um, really hitting on all cylinders. We've got the trade deadline tomorrow, end of the day. Um, Right now in the, in the four divisions, Tampa, New York Islanders, Winnipeg, and Calgary are all leading uh, their divisions. Um, with a trade deadline tomorrow, the Blue Jackets, my Columbus Blue Jackets, have actually been one of the hottest teams in the, in the draft, as well as the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa, more, uh, more, uh, more or less unloading players. Mm. Uh, the Blue Jackets acquired Matt Duchesne, um, and then Ryan, they picked up Ryan Zingle from, from there as well. Ryan Zingle, who played for Ohio State, uh, the fourth Blue Jacket to, to play here in Columbus um, that, that played for Ohio State. But there's a great video I just saw on Twitter tonight, Matt Duchesne, who came in and played a game in Columbus over the weekend. They uh, then traded for Zingle as well. Um, there's a video on a private plane of Duchesne and his wife and baby and, and dog. And then they also gave a ride to Ryan Zingle. He's sitting in the back of the private plane uh, with his bag, you know, on the, on the other passenger seat. It's kind of a, a fun thing. So uh, two, two things I think they're going to help. Now, Blue Jackets, one other big trade that went down, uh, Rangers dealt Matt Zuccarella to the Stars. Uh, Zuccarella, a fan favorite there in New York Rangers. 
Uh, he's now with the Dallas Stars, although he got injured today uh, in his first game with the Stars. Some key mm. players just to keep your eyes on in the next, oh, I don't know, 36 hours. Two big ones from the Blue Jackets. Artemi Punarin, uh, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, uh, left winger from Russia, um, our leading scorer, 24 goals, uh, 34 points, I believe. Um, and our goalie, Sergei Bobrovsky, um, are both um, on the block. But here's the question, guys, that, that will remain to be seen is with the Blue Jackets kind of facing their um, – we're in the playoffs right now. We're in a good spot to, to make the playoffs. We've yet to ever win a playoff series. We've had five playoff wins in our history, 17 years. We've never advanced to the second round. So, Shay, you, you've probably seen it happen a lot in the NBA. We're probably facing – Artemi Panarin going elsewhere at the end of the contract, you know, at the end of this year. So the question always is, do you get something for him if you know he's going to stay or if you know he's going to leave, or do you say, look, this is the best player to help us get to the to playoffs and possibly a Stanley cup. Um, so we're not going to trade him. We're going to go all in and, and, and knowing he's probably going to leave. Uh, and same with Bobrovsky at the end. Um, Shay, Shay, what does is, what is a GM do in that situation where you're playing good? You, he's clearly a key piece of the team. Do you want to get something for him, or do you tell the fans, "Look, we're showing you that we're we're about winning today"? I, I think in that Columbus situation, it, it's, it's interesting because you haven't made the playoffs before, and if you keep him, you have an opportunity to make a playoff push. And if you are able to get into the playoffs, that's the gray the gray area. Can you convince this guy to give me two to three more years? I'll pay you. We're a rising franchise. We've done something we've never been before. You're the face of the franchise. Carry the team on your back for two to three years and let's see what happens. Maybe. I think you hold on to them just for that, just for that reason. Um, like if you kept lightning in a bottle type thing? Yeah, but you definitely don't want to just lose them for nothing. I, I bring up the Atlanta Hawks, you know, three years ago when they win 60 games and they lose four out of their five starters to free agents. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Todd, Todd you had your hand up. You want to say something? No, no, no. I was just, uh, I was going to ask, I was going to turn it back to you. You live in Columbus. I mean, and I think um, you made the playoffs. You should never won a series, right? Correct. Um, that's, that's the problem. So, so the answer is, is what's, what's considered um, a victory in Columbus? Just winning that series and everything else is gravy? Or are you guys trying to win the cup? And I think that will determine whether you, you know, stay put and just try to win that series and, and you know, move on. Obviously, everyone's trying to win, you know, win yeah. the cup. But as a local fan, I'd ask you. I'd throw it back on you. What what would satisfy the the Blue Jacket uh, customer? Well, here's the thing: we 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 gave up a first round draft pick to get Duchesne, and if we get rid of Panarin or Bobrovsky in a trade, ideally before tomorrow, we're going to get a first round draft pick for both Panarin and Bobrovsky. There's no way those guys are going for less than a, a a first round draft pick. So that would replace the the first rounder we lost. Uh, for Duchesne, um, look, we got a good young team. Um, we, I'd love to see him stay, Todd. I just don't see how they're both going to stay. Uh, if, if, if one, if, if both. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we're playing good right now. Uh, the new guys, I think, are adding some energy. We got a loyal fan base. You know, there's <clears> no, other, no other pro team uh, in Columbus. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, four other names I'm just going to throw out there, and so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll, I'll put it on the record. Uh, on the recording here, Mark Stone, right winger from Ottawa. That'd be the third um, Ottawa senator to get dumped if they somehow get rid of them. And at this point in time, what, what they're doing in Ottawa, they're probably going to just try and unload a ton of payroll and, and build fresh. 
cleaning house, huh? Yep. Jimmy Howard, uh, goalie from Detroit. You might see him uh, on the move tomorrow. Uh, Wayne Simmons, right winger from Philadelphia. Um, Well-respected, kind of more of a veteran. And then Kevin Hayes, a center for the New York Rangers. Uh, You might see him on the move with the Rangers uh, not being in the playoff push. So see what happens there. Uh, Shay, let's get you on the block. Go ahead, Shay. I want to say before we get off hockey, shout out the Tampa Bay Lightning, eight-game win streak and their goal differential. Plus 81. I know. Plus 81. Yeah. Like no one's plus even what? close in height. Plus 81. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Their, their goalie's playing great, and they're scoring, you know, three to four a game. Um, and, and, you know, that's just a they're, a – they're a good team right now. And, um, you know, right now, if you were just taking the – I don't know how the, the uh, NHL would like a Tampa-Calgary Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, first of all, that'd be the longest distance, with the exception of Vancouver, uh, between the between the two programs. But probably probably wouldn't be a juggernaut on the uh, on the ratings. But you know what? The ratings are are the, the true fans of hockey, and the people that really appreciate the Stanley Cup would watch it. So, so you Shay, you like the Tampa tomorrow night Tampa over under of six against Los Angeles? You like that? That's what you're saying? Maybe, maybe not. If they don't give up, no, goals, then, yeah. they don't give up goals. That's too. Yeah, that's yeah. too tough. God, yeah, that's too tough. <laughs> Uh, Shay, let's hey, get, kids, kids, don't bet. Let's hit the NBA. <laughs> NBA right now as it stands in the East, Milwaukee, Toronto, Indy, and Philly are the top four. And out West, Golden State coming off a loss last night to uh, the Rockets. Uh, Golden State, Denver, OKC, and once again, Portland in that fourth spot. Um, and since last week, Shay, the uh, Clippers and the Kings have flipped spots. But right, that, that, that really that six through – 11 spot is I think all within four games um, Other not, yeah. a, a lot still to happen mm-hmm. uh, down there at the bottom of the West. So Shay, why don't you hit us on what's going on? What were the big stories this week? All right. And uh, as the NBA turns, <laughs> <laughs> is that on CBS? <laughs> no, um, I, I tell you a really good story this week. So you've got turmoil in golden state, allegedly, not really. We all know they're the best team in basketball. However, they did struggle with Sacramento, and then last night they went down to the Houston Rockets. But I'll fast, I'll uh, rewind back to the game on a Thursday night against Sacramento. You um, you you saw something we talk in the EPL about the coaches or the players possibly overthrowing the coach in Sacramento. Their stars, Buddy Hill, and they're in Golden State, and they're down by six or seven points coming down with like two minutes left to go, and Buddy Hill takes a shot literally from the NBA logo, like almost at half court, nails it, just absolutely mm. nails the shot, gets completely chewed out by his coach. And he's thinking, the shot went in, we're losing, I made it, what's the problem, right? And they're in Golden State, and it's, it's, it's just a great scene because Kevin Durant's right there, and Kevin Durant's laughing like, is your coach really yelling at you for making a shot and you're losing in a game? Until <laughs> so the next possession – uh, coach calls a timeout. They run an out-of-bounds underplay, and um, the play's not designed to go to Buddy Hill. Instead of following the play, Buddy shoots another, jacks up another three, and makes it. And so now you're looking at a one-point game, and the coach is livid. So uh, Golden State goes to the line, makes one or two free throws. They come back down. So uh, Sacramento has the last possession down two, and they draw up a play, and the play is designed for Buddy to actually shoot the three this time, and he doesn't shoot it. <laughs> he's wide open at the three-point line, refuses to take the shot because his coach just yelled at him the last two possessions down the court. They lose the game. 
<laughs> but um, wow, and I tell man. you that story because NBA Twitter kind of went crazy over it. Damian Lillard even was um was super critical of the coach there in Sacramento, and he came out and he said, "I wouldn't shoot the ball either if my coach is yelling at me the whole time. What's the problem? We're trying to win a game, and I'm making shots, and I'm the star of the team. What's the problem?" So, but um, <laughs> so ahead, Shay, I know I know you coached, and Sean you, Ryan went through the leagues. Every one of us have watched basketball where you go. No, no, no. And it goes in. You're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously there's bigger fish to fry with that coach uh, picking, picking that, uh, that as an example. But I was just thinking of you're like, no, no, no. Oh, and in. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah the there's, a bigger, there's an underlying issue, right? And he's, he's, uh, he, he's, he's trying to make a point, I imagine. And Sacramento's a good young team. I, I talked about them last week on the on the podcast, but Sacramento's a good young team. They made some moves at the trade deadline, and I legitimately believe they will be in the Western Conference playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. And in the next two to three years, watch out for Sacramento. They got new ownership there. Vladi Divox is the GM there, and wow. um, I think Lottie they want. Dottie. They just got a new arena. <laughs> they're they're looking to win. They're looking to win now. So I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if Sacramento made some noise in the near future. Shay, on the, on the out east, um, Boston, and boy, as much drama as they've had, they're kind of just right in that spot where they're, they're, you know, set up right now. I think they're in the fifth slot, so they play Philly. Um, you know, once again, Philly, a young team. Um, Boston with Kyrie and, and Horford and some of the older veterans. Um, what do you make of, of Boston? Are they, are they kind of just hanging around the chicken coop? Or what, what's going on with them? you got a lot of pressure on Kyrie. Um, Boston had a lot of success last year, but if we recall, Boston's success came with Kyrie on the bench last year. So now you've got your star and you've got arguably one of the best closers in the NBA back, and they're not experiencing as much success in a regular season. But I question, do the younger guys and do the other pieces really understand their role with Kyrie being back? And it's, it's a lot of uncertainty of if Kyrie will return next year, are you going to trade Kyrie and try to bring in Anthony Davis? And that creates uh, it creates a lot of tension, especially with younger players like a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier and those guys. Okay, um, OKC kind of just quietly in that third spot out west. Um, Houston, I believe, is in the five spot. Is that right? Houston is in the five spot, but they had a really big win last night, uh, taking down Golden State in Oracle uh, with, yeah. without without James Harden. Uh, he had flu like symptoms. I think you're just at this point, now that you have Chris Paul back healthy, you're trying to manage his workload to get ready for the true second season, which is the NBA playoffs. And Draymond Green went out with a foot injury in that one, but it looks like he's going to be okay. Yeah, he's just got a sprained ankle. He'll be okay. He's a tough guy. Okay. Yeah, I, I had a question for an NBA expert. Sean, you and I are both huge Billy Donovan fans for what he did um, at the University of Florida. So I'll say I'm, I'm not an NBA guy, I'm peripheral. How is he as an NBA coach? I mean, I know he had Durant and um, Harden. Hard, uh, yeah. So, I mean, how is he as an NBA coach? I think I think Billy Donovan is an excellent NBA coach. Losing Kevin Durant and with the pieces that he had managing expectations while still making the playoffs and, and essentially rebuilding that roster. Uh, you, mm. you think about last year, the experiment with Carmelo Anthony didn't necessarily work out the way they wanted it to. Um, but he maximized Paul George. He got Russell Westbrook to buy in and take a completely different role. Russell Westbrook isn't scoring 50 points a game now, but he's still averaging a triple-double, and now you've essentially um, 
got Paul George to buy into the system and he's an MVP candidate. And you've got, you've got guys like Dennis Schroeder and Andre Robinson that most guys, most people that don't watch the NBA every day, they've never heard of these guys and they're contributing and playing valuable minutes. Even a Steven Adams who, um, Steven Adams is really, so underrated, man. He, he just, yeah. he works, man. He's a worker. So, so this is, go ahead, finish up. I'm sorry. No, I just think that that's all. That's all you can give all the credit to Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan's painted the picture and got those guys to buy in there. So this this kid from Providence, or he, no, he's from New York. Went to Providence, made the Final Four, um, went up through the rankings, landed the Florida job. How he did that, right? Um, and then totally took advantage. Went to the Magic, signed for a day. And if you guys remember, I think his his son was like thirteen or fourteen. And that's what brought him back to Gainesville. He's like, I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to leave when my son's in high school. And then as soon as his son, you know, graduated, you can tell it was, it wasn't if, it was when he was going to jump the NBA. I think had a fantastic opportunity with, with Westbrook and, and Durant. I mean, what a perfect fit. And then Durant up and leaves. And obviously he's still around, hadn't been fired, which is a lot for an NBA coach. But again, as an as a, a outside guy looking in, I just was curious to see his value and his stock as, as an NBA coach, because certainly college um, and before that, I mean, we have nothing but, you know, mad respect and, and, and admiration for him for sure. I think you, I think you consider Mike Malone out in Denver, what he's doing in Denver has Denver as the number two seed in the West. But other than Mike Malone, I think Billy Donovan's a real candidate for the NBA coach of the year as well. Wow. Interesting. Hey, yeah. let's finish up with the best player in the NBA uh, or at least, you know, current um and that would be lebron um they're boy he is really trying to get in these young guys heads about it's time for them to step it up and get in playoff mode um so shay here's my question does lebron continue to be that guy that drives to the inches from the rim and passes it out for for the open shot or does he take over and start scoring 40 45 a game uh to try and take this team to the playoffs I don't think you see a, a, a spike increase in LeBron's scoring. I think he still he still distributes the ball. LeBron's always been more magic than Michael, yeah. if you guys know what I mean. Yeah. And so that's his true game, and LeBron knows that in order to win, he has to get these other guys to buy back in, and he has to show those guys that he believes in them, especially after everything they went through in the last two to three weeks with essentially all of their names being linked to trades to bring in Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's probably the quote of the the whole show. LeBron's always been more magic than Michael. Yeah. My my mind's blown. <laughs> I like that. That's that's knowledge you can't pay for. Um, but isn't LeBron the advantage of LeBron? Is he's got the end game in mind. He doesn't care about division championships or anything. I think he's got. What do I need to do to get this team to make a run in the finals? Um, I mean, and what that's a lot just of people, my perception, my, percep yeah, my perception. People don't realize about LeBron. LeBron James, I mean, yeah, it's an, it's an unbelievable stat to realize that he's made the playoffs every single year of his career. But if you think <laughs> about not only making the playoffs, making conference finals and making NBA finals, he's essentially played two more seasons than the average NBA player. And those are a lot of games, a lot of miles on the legs, and we're not including the Olympic teams that he's been a part of. Mm -hmm. And so it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing for LeBron and the Lakers to not make the playoffs this year, like you said, Todd, with the end game in mind, this team may not be able to win a championship. So why not prepare myself for the team that can't? Yeah, but he's got, just, he's just, got unbelievable just, pride. He's he's not gonna he's certainly not gonna throw it. But um, 
gosh, we, we've talked about that, how the NBA second season, the playoffs, and for you to put that in perspective, like that's amazing how much more he's played than the average NBA player. Just a, just a point counterpoint. Um, while they were in games, I played more games in college than, Le- than LeBron did. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Hey guys, while we're on LeBron, I'll, I'll throw one more thing out there for you. Um, LeBron came out this week and announced that they'll start filming space jam two. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> this summer. Right. Yep. So, so I did a little research on Space Jam too. For those, of, I, I think it's one of the best sports movies, kids movies of all time. Um, Michael Jordan and the Toon Squad, Bugs Bunny and the Toon Squad, go up <laughs> against the Monstars, and um, they strip their NBA powers, and then they have a, a basketball game to the to save the universe or whatever. Um, so, what I found out, um, the original, the original, the original. Um, Space Jam, and we talk about LeBron James's friend, Rich Paul, who's now a sports agent. Think about starting to fill out this Space Jam roster, and you've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis and potentially Kyrie's coming over to Clutch Sports, and Draymond Green has announced that he's going to sign with Clutch Sports. You start to see, is it for Hollywood, or is it for the Lakers? Collusion talk issue, about it. perhaps? Yeah, you talk about him being at the, the Duke-Virginia game a couple of weeks ago. Was mm. it to recruit Zion to clutch sports, or was it to recruit more into the movies? You know, LeBron has another agenda, and all those things played a part of him choosing to sign with the Lakers as opposed to going to any of the uh, the 29 other teams in the NBA. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. Super interesting stuff going on in the NBA. But let's, uh, let's go to the NCAAs. Uh, really starting to get hot and heavy uh, now that all the other sports are kind of uh, either in mid, mid-season, you know, uh, stretch run to the playoffs. Uh, college hoops getting really good. Uh, for some reason, I'm not sure why but the, the, the schedules are where Virginia played Duke back-to-back and, and you know, Tennessee and Kentucky play like in a 10-game stretch. But let's just kind of run through the top 10 and, and break down some things. Number one, Duke. Uh, I believe we heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone in Portland said, I'm calling it now, the Tar Heels will win at Cameron on Wednesday. And sure enough. Uh, Plus 10 and a half, right? Was that yeah, the thing? Yeah. yeah. Wow. They, um, take, hopefully you took a money line. I, I sprinkled a little. <laughs> <laughs> so Dabbled, just Duke dabbled. loses to UNC, but but the bigger story in that game, uh, besides the, the butt whooping, uh, which is pretty much like about a 39 and a half minute butt whooping. And they, it was never really close. It was over early. Yeah. Zion yeah. Williamson blows out his shoe, uh, which people are giving Nike problems for. It's just, it's just a, a, you know, freak thing that happened. It had nothing to do with Nike shoes. Um, but um, just your thoughts, Shay, on you, you're, you were quick to say that'll be the last time we see Zion play. I, I disagree. I think he'll be back um, for sure at Chapel Hill, if not before, um, what are your thoughts on, on the injury and the, the, the game itself? Um, Duke going down to Carolina and, and arguably one of the greatest rivalries in sports. Well, I've said it, I've said it a zillion times. Duke lacks depth. Um, now granted when you have a player like Zion that goes out during a game, it's really hard to prepare and to bounce back for that, especially not knowing his status, um, and how severe the injury was. But for a team that lacks depth, and um, and, and Coach K is not the, not the Coach K of old, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. I think even if Zion comes back, 
which I do think he'll play again. I think he'll come back and play again. We all know we've all played sports of some sort. You're playing not to get hurt, mm-hmm. and maybe you're playing a little scared, and That's typically bad things happen. Bad That's things you get happen. hurt. Yep. And I think that's something to watch out for. And so when when I when you hear people saying maybe Zion should sit out, I don't think it's necessarily should sit out to prevent himself from getting hurt, but to keep his mind together. Uh, I think you're not going to necessarily make this injury any worse, but you could possibly hurt something else if you go out and sure. you don't just just let it fly. Sure, they did bounce back uh, in a big way against Syracuse. A very tough not only a team to play with that zone, but a place to play in that carrier dome. Uh, but really a, a challenging um, night of coaching for coach Jim Beheim, who uh, coming off a, just a really a tragic, um, no other way of saying just a tragic, unfortunate, he's driving home from his late game. They played, I believe Wednesday night. Uh, they played a late game, nine o'clock game. He was driving home at 1230 at night um, in Syracuse. An accident had happened before he got there and the car that ran off the road one of the passengers, either disoriented or looking for help, was wandering across the freeway, and Veheim hit him, killed him. Um, obviously, no charges filed. It was completely an accident. Um, but, you know, Veheim was quoted today as saying it will live with him for the rest of his life. Um, mm. Just a, a heartbreaking thing for, for the family of the person who was, dot, who was killed and obviously for Coach Beheim and his Syracuse team because that's just – that's got to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, just well, I mean, one of the worst things you read, right? So, thank thank goodness. Um, I hate to even ask, but the first thing you say is, you know, was was Jim straight, right? You know, hopefully, there's no foul play. Hopefully, and you just read that it was just one of these freak accidents, and and you put it best. I mean, horrible for the family, horrible for him. I mean, just imagine he's got to live with that. So, hopefully, he finds peace with it. Um, if you know. Unfortunately, in life, we live long enough, these, these crazy things happen. So I hated to read it. Uh, you hate it to happen to anyone you know. So hopefully he comes and the film comes to peace with what, what happened. For yeah, sure. and I'm not, I'm not sure who made the call, but I, I believe because it was the primetime game on ESPN that was going to be college game day was going to be at the Carrier Dome. They ended yeah. up canceling it. They did, they did game day from the studio, which is obviously, you know, the, the fans aren't involved. I think they just wanted to, to not have a celebration respect yeah around that game and and obviously Bayham would not have been available for for interviews and um, yikes yeah so it's definitely a, a, a tough thing but Duke Duke does bounce back they win by 10 at Syracuse uh Gonzaga number two they're still kind of just motoring along um they've just had the one loss all season didn't um, Tennessee stumble this they week? got two losses they two got, losses that's Gonzaga, right Gonzaga went down to Tennessee as well as North Carolina that's right. Um, Virginia wins a tough one on the road at the Yum Center. Uh, they were down a long time. They held they held Louisville to fifteen points in the second half. Fifteen points. That's um, that's just you know. The question will always become until they do it. Can that slow pace win a championship? Um, you know, we've seen Syracuse do it with that slowing down people with the zone. Um, but even when they print in that zone, they sometimes you know. They they win eighty five to eighty eighty one or eighty five to eighty three or whatever. Uh, Virginia really likes to slow it down. Uh, Kentucky just pounded Auburn coming off of last Saturday's win over Tennessee, which we talked about last week. Um, Kentucky playing good basketball right now, but they did they did lose to LSU. Was that did they lose to LSU this week or was that that was this week? They yeah. lost on uh, on Tuesday to LSU on the tip in on the ball that was you know questionably still in the cylinder. Um, so now it's a three-way tie. Well, I'll get to the conferences in a, in a second, but 
Um, Kentucky in a good spot. Um, Tennessee drops their second in a row. Uh, yeah. They lose a big one uh, at LSU. Um, so can they bounce back? Um, they play Tennessee. Or they, they play Kentucky this week. They play Kentucky at home in Knoxville uh, on Saturday night. So that's going to be the big test, right? Everyone wants Kentucky. Um, and it's until you get them. Until yeah. You get them. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Uh, as Tyson said, Nevada, Shay, you're – your team uh, suffers their second loss. They lose to San Diego State on the road. Uh, they finish the season in two weeks uh, with San Diego State coming back. So let's let's uh, look early on that one for a, uh, a money line. Uh, Nevada's going to want to win that one big. Um, Michigan loses to Michigan State today. Number seven, Michigan loses to Michigan State. That's a they, they had a twenty-two game home winning streak uh, at Chrysler Arena. Michigan State, man, Tom Izzo just finds a way to plug in pieces. They're down three of their best players. Um, they're ranked ten, though, right? I mean, they're, they're ranked ten. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're a good team, but once again, they're they're down a bunch of players. And Izzo's just one of those guys, much like a Billy Donovan, he finds ways to put guys in place. And and Roy Williams does the same thing. Um, Shay, who's coming up is UNC number eight. Uh, they win two big games, um, as we said, at Duke, and they beat Florida State. Um, Shay, who's the guy with the afro? Uh, the Kobe White. God, I like he's him. He's a I like watching him play, man. He is a he's one of those spitfire. He dives on the floor. He's he runs end to end. He he gets in there with the big trees and uh he can shoot it from the outside. He's just a, a an excitable player. And, and go ahead, Shay. Sorry. I, I just want Shay to talk about the best walk on in the country. Luke May. Luke May. <laughs> Luke. Luke May goes into Duke and walks away with 30 points, man. Luke May, I mean, what what this guy's doing, he was a national player of the year candidate coming into the year, and he didn't even have a scholarship his sophomore mm. year. He wins a national championship his sophomore year and is the most outstanding player in the tournament and doesn't even have a scholarship. He's a walk-on. Did he not get him a scholarship? He's on scholarship now. Okay, good. Two years. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't even an honorary walk-on. Like, he right. literally paid his dues. And now he's the man. I mean, he hey, is the man. Talk to us. Didn't they take him to the barbershop and give him a do before the game? Is that is Oh, that Luke, Luke May's clean, man. He's been hanging out with the guys, <laughs> man. He's got a little swag to him. <laughs> Cleaned up his kitchen a little bit. <laughs> he's got a little handlebars on the beard now. I mean, hey, man. They got those eyebrows, too, I think. I think they got yeah. them. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good story. So, uh, see if they can they're, – they're, they're hitting on all cylinders. They got this really athletic – Really athletic team, uh, and, and Williams is the kind of guy that he's going to want to win games um, in the in the high eighties, right? The only team that can beat Carolina in a tournament setting, it's Carolina, and mm. it has nothing to do with their players. It's everything to do with the coaching. And there's no knock on Roy Williams, who's a Hall of Fame coach, but Carolina has a a certain way that they want to play. It's the Carolina way, and it's modeled after Dean Smith. And they do things methodically and they try to do things with the right way. And sometimes it's, it becomes systematic and predictable. Mm -hmm. And it, you kind of put reins on true athletes from going out to be athletes. You look at a guy like Nasir Little, who is a lottery pick in this year's NBA draft, who doesn't even average more than 15 minutes a game for Carolina. Mm -hmm. Because he's more of an athlete as opposed to a traditional basketball player. And he maybe doesn't necessarily fit in that system. But if you let a guy like that go or a freshman like a Kobe white, just completely go when you get in a tournament setting, it's going to be really hard to beat those guys. 
really hard. I'll tell you, I, I watch almost every every play of that Duke game, um, and I watch a little bit of the Florida State-UNC <laughs> game on Saturday, Shay. North Carolina really impresses me on both ends of the court with their rebounding. Uh, not only just interior rebounding, but that Duke game, Duke was missing everything from the outside, and they were getting a lot of long rebounds, and Duke was – or uh, Carolina was really blocking out their men all along the perimeter. Uh, which which quickly converts to, to their to their transition game, uh, which is a key for them. So just something to watch that if, if a team can can body them up and, and, and keep them off the glass, um, it'll be interesting to see how they how they adjust because they're really I, you know Williams clearly has taught them that the transition has to start by getting the ball off the off the boards. I'll, I'll tell you guys an interesting <laughs> fact about North Carolina not to not to stay on it too long. Um, do you guys know how many rebounding drills North Carolina does on a daily basis in <laughs> I practice? I think it is zero. I think it is zero, right? None. Yeah. And traditionally, none. And traditionally, they're one of the best rebounding teams in the country. Traditionally, they are the best offensive rebounding team in the country. But the, the key to rebounding is um, it's defense. Even mm-hmm. on the offensive end, is defense. You can't close out a defensive possession until you actually possess the ball. And the only way you can possess the ball is either creating a turnover or grabbing a rebound. And so you have to finish the drill, you have to finish a possession, and you finish that possession by securing that ball and securing that rebound at the end. And that's the philosophy of the Carolina way that I just mm. spoke about, and, and that's what carries over to those guys. This is one of the, uh, the top five uh, defensive teams. They're ranked ninth or tenth in the country as far as defensive efficiency right now. And um, as far as pace of play, you talk about them liking to get out and score points. They're, uh, they're scoring like uh, 76 points a game right now. And then they're number 10th in the nation defensively. It's really hard to beat a team like that, a complete team like that. Hey, Shay, did I notice, and uh, just I'm a novice uh, basketball viewer, but did I notice they pick up on defense high, right? They don't, they don't run to uh, the backcourt and play a 2-3. I mean, they're, they're picking the guards are, are pressing, uh, you know, in the backcourt and making them, making them work, right? Yeah, you're looking, ident- you're looking to identify somewhere around the, uh, the timeline, on their timeline. So you want right. to pick up and identify before half court. So your bigs are actually sprinting back to protect the rim, but essentially sure. the bigs are looking to pick up at the three-point line, your wings at half court, and your guard somewhere around the timeline. Yeah, so just... you're extending the defense a little more and creating the offense to work a little, especially with the shot clock in college basketball now. You, you, you disrupt the flow offensively for the other team. Yeah, I, I, I don't watch a lot of college basketball, but I noticed Duke, North Carolina on Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever that game was, I was like, they seem to be picking them up early and making them work, right? Yeah, so. I, I heard Billis talk about that no rebounding. And then after, once he said it, you know, you really watch when, when Duke would hoist up a shot, pretty much they were three or four guys was in movement to get between their man and the ball and watching the ball come off the rim. It was really a interesting, interesting thing. So we so, talked so, about so, – Give me 30 seconds. What is the advantage of not practicing rebounding? What am I, what am I missing there, Shay? It's, no, it's not a separate part of the game. It, you can't, it's a, you can't it's a flow of defense? Okay. It, it's, it's a part of it. You have to close out a drill, and you have to secure that possession. And so that's where the rebounding comes in. And you don't have to teach toughness to a team that is going to defend is going to defend all up and down the court. You don't have to teach toughness once the ball goes up into the air. Well, and, and I got to yeah. guess, Todd, and Shay, correct me if I'm wrong, because that's the mentality of Williams when he's watching the guys play scrimmages or, or live action uh, drills, and the defense isn't going to stop to get the ball. The offense then is going to fight to try and keep their, their, their teammates from getting the ball as well, which is teaching them more offensive 
minded rebounding skills? Um, I'll tell you while we're on college basketball, I'll, uh, I'll go in a little deeper. Um, we're sending, we're seeing the end of an era down in the big 12 Kansas goes down to Texas Ooh. tech by 29 points. Right. Yeah. So tell me how many years has it been since uh, Kansas has 17. Yeah. That's not right. 17. It, it's the most impressive streak in college basketball. It's just like, you know, the sun's going to rise, you know, Kansas is going to win the big 12 in basketball, but I think it may be the end of it this year. Um, they've had a few injuries in there and they're struggling, but Texas tech just completely dominated the game from the start to the end. And it's not the first time Kansas went down They're They're, they're struggling a little bit there. And I think the teams in the big 12 are licking their chops. Um, we talk about the Michigan-Michigan State game today, but another thing that actually happened today, you see Villanova go down, the defending national champs, for the third time in a row. And they went down to a struggling Xavier team. So you've seen a, a, a little change at the top. The Blue Bloods are still the same, but you've seen a little change at the top for college basketball, the team starting to tighten it up for the tournament. Yeah, let's just run through the, through the conferences right now. ACC is a three-way tie, Virginia, Duke, UNC. Um, with UNC kind of holding the, the trump card because they still have uh, one game to play uh, against Duke, and I believe they still have UVA at home. Uh, Duke-UVA has obviously played both of their games. Um, in the Big 12, as you said, Shay, Kansas State holds a four-game lead over Kansas right now, uh, and wow. a game, I think a game and a half over Texas Tech with a game in hand. Uh, Big East, Marquette leads the Big East, and, boy, they got a player on that team who is uh, – what's that guy's name, Shay, that plays for Marquette? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, the guard. Jeez, the name slips me right now. I apologize. Scoring like 40 points a game. I mean, just unbelievable score. Um, in the Big Ten, Michigan State has a half-game lead over Purdue, uh, with Michigan, I believe, a game and a half back. Um, SEC, as I said, three-way tie. Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU. Um, and LSU does not play either of those two teams again. So that game against UT Kansas – or Kentucky is a is a big game on Saturday, and – by the way, Todd, our Florida Gators went into LSU and beat them this week. Down, down, yeah, we won, and then we were at Mizzou and down 12 on Saturday. And we were back. at home. And beat, yeah, we were down. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Yeah, the and, whole uh, game at home, and we came back and won. Four uh, in a row. Four and in the Pac-12, Shay, boy, UW is just running away with the Pac-12. Um, I think they have a five-game lead right now with four games to go. You could you could see something uh, something unique in the Pac-12 with the Pac-12 being one of the uh, the five major conferences. If Washington were to win the Pac-12 conference, the Pac-12 may only have one team representing the entire conference in the NCAA tournament. Wow! You've got wow. Arizona State on the bubble, um, but if Washington wins and they continue to win at this rate, they may be the only. Team What's Oregon State's rate? Oregon State's good in the Pac-12, but they lost a lot of out of conference games. They did. Because they yeah, they're second they place right now in the, the Pac-12, which is uh, saying something then. What, what kills Oregon State, they, um, they don't have any wins against the top 50 teams. They're 0-1 against the top 50 teams. And then they're 6-4 and four against the top uh, 100 teams from, yeah, from teams. 51 to 100. Wow. So that, that, that hurts them a lot. Yeah. Well, that'd be interesting because I think ACC and, and SEC right now are slated to get a bunch in, as, as is the Big Ten. So – Florida may sneak their way in. I think so. If they can, they got to they got to win the games they should win. That's why I was disappointed to see them losing most of the game against Missouri. Um, I, you know, I think I think you can expect a loss at, at Rupp Arena to end the season, but um, it, you know, the uh, they've got to win the games they should win. So we'll see what happens. We're a couple weeks away. Um, tournament's a little late this year. It doesn't start till after St. Patty's Day. Guys, let's wrap up because I'm getting bad signal here. Uh, Shay, what do you got coming up this week? 
Um, uh, if I make it out of the snowstorm, allegedly, that's coming tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, like I said, the team's on the road this week. Uh, we're kind of just focusing on servicing our clients here, focusing on renewals, um, focusing on preparing ourselves to gear up for this playoff push that the Blazers are in right now. So um, we're, we're hoping that we can do some special things to kind of close out the year as well as still tying back into honoring Paul Allen as we go into the playoffs. Excellent. Good, good, uh, good info today, Shay. Thanks for sharing. Todd, what's going on with you this week? You in town or are you traveling? So tomorrow I'm going to Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, it's our team meeting. Um, we get a sales team. Uh, and so we're meeting on Tuesday. So I'm going tomorrow night and doing that. And then coming back and doing what I do uh, all day, every day, just trying to, to, to close work. Um, I know you focus on real estate, but you're, you're in sales and Shay's in sales. It, it, I woke up the other day and I, I realized every sales guy has a fire in their belly. You have to wake up and, and, um, and want to uh, hunt something and get something. So it, I was kind of laughing. We're never satisfied. And that's, and that's why we do what we do, right? You, you close a big sale and you're on to the next one. So um, closed a big one last week uh, after our sales meeting on Tuesday. Um, I'll be, my head's on a swivel trying to close the next one. So um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the week. Awesome. Guys, for me, I'm uh, in town the next two days, but then I head to the Motor City, head up to Novi, Michigan, outside of Detroit. Uh, eight mile? You going eight mile? I'll be just north of eight mile. Actually, I'll be up near 12 mile. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. Um, so looking forward to that. And then uh, and then we hit March, guys. We're two weeks away from, from clocks changing and weather changing, hopefully, knock on wood. And um, we'll have Bill next week uh, to chat about an Oscars recap and we'll be a little more deeper into uh, college basketball and, and hockey and, and basketball. And we'll see what's going on in the EPL and down in Honda as the PGA tour makes their, their move to the, to the Florida swing. So on behalf of Shay and Todd, sorry for the glitches tonight. I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to the stare down.